Who decides medicine prices? How are vaccines made? Hello and welcome to this podcast in a series brought to you by FPIA, the European Federation of Pharmaceutical Industries and Associations, where we're discussing what's known as the TRIPS waiver. That's a setting aside of some terms of the agreement on trade-related aspects of intellectual property rights. It's a discussion at the World Trade Organization to suspend certain IP rights by the private sector. The idea among the waiver proponents is that the TRIPS waiver for vaccines, agreed in June at the WTO, can increase access to vaccines against COVID-19. Now there's a proposal to extend that waiver to cover diagnostics and therapeutics for COVID-19 too. The deadline for reaching agreement on this was set to be in mid-December, and the issue is becoming increasingly controversial. It's a complex subject with many stakeholders involved, and in these podcasts, we're aiming to unpick and clarify the key concerns. Well, today, we'll be zooming in on the extension of the TRIPS waiver to therapeutics, why this is different from the TRIPS waiver for vaccines, and what it does for access. My name is Sue Saville, an independent health journalist, and I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Kun Berden, who is FPIA's Executive Director for International Affairs. His role covers areas including global trade agreements, intellectual property, regulatory cooperation, market access, plus customs and tariff issues with regard to the R&D and production of innovative medicines. Dr. Berden is also Assistant Professor at Erasmus University in Rotterdam and Guest Lecturer at the College of Europe focused on sustainability dimensions of international trade and investment, innovation, and international competitiveness. <laughs> Dr. Berden, welcome. Thank you very much. Great to be here. So just to set the scene then, how did this proposal to waive some aspects of the TRIPS agreement come about and where's it got to now? Um, so maybe following the start of the pandemic, in October 2020, some countries proposed a TRIPS waiver as they believed that that would lead to an increase in the production of vaccines. The waiver was then discussed for a long time, and a certain version of that waives compulsory licensing provisions with an impact on patents, and it was approved at the WTO's Ministerial Council in June 2022. At this moment, there is a discussion to possibly extend that waiver to also therapeutics and diagnostics. So not only for vaccines that the global population needed to protect against the virus, including them getting seriously ill from a COVID-19 infection, but for treatments when you have contracted COVID and end up needing them either in hospital or in other settings. So in that deal made in June 2022, the World Trade Organization stipulated that within six months, members must decide on whether to extend the waiver to cover production and supply of COVID-19 diagnostics and therapeutics. The waiver proponents believe these are going to be important tools to fight COVID-19 because they can help access. But you're arguing, I understand, that these waivers are not helpful. Who should we believe? Right. That's a very good and important question. I think maybe up front, it's important to say that industry is really fully supportive and engaging very actively in any partnerships possible to help fight the COVID-19 pandemic. The industry is at the forefront of both R&D and production, and really 100% supportive of the objective of equitable access to COVID-19 vaccines and therapeutics for everyone in the world. But in order to do so properly, it's key to use the correct facts, information, and lessons learned 
to actually judge whether waivers are the right way to achieve this, and the facts simply show that they're not. The clear evidence is in lessons learned from the vaccine part. Maybe I'll explain that for a very short moment. What is clear from that situation around COVID-19 vaccines is that they were not necessary, but rather undermine access efforts. Without a waiver, vaccine production was already ramped up in 2021 from zero to over 11 billion doses. And at this moment, production stands at over 15 billion doses. We see every day in the news that COVID-19 vaccine production capacities are being scaled down and vaccines are being destroyed in many countries because there are too many and they fail to be administered. Yet vaccination rates in low-income countries have barely reached 25%. So as industry argued for a year, the reason for low vaccination rates is not the lack of vaccines, and a waiver wouldn't even increase the production of vaccines. At the moment, the production is being scaled down. So rather, the COVID-19 vaccine waiver will be ineffective or worse, counterproductive. It will not increase production. It will actually hurt innovation. If we look at therapeutics, because the extension is about therapeutics and diagnostics, we know that already today, there is no shortage of COVID-19 treatments for any variant, disease severity level, or patient setting, as production already today continues to exceed the demand for therapeutics. Maybe good to also emphasize the point that Whereas with vaccines, we were talking billions of doses because it was needed to instantly vaccinate the world preventively to avoid people from getting seriously ill and even die from COVID-19. Therapies are meant to treat patients who end up in hospital or in other settings with severe COVID symptoms, having already contracted it. So these numbers run in the millions, not billions, and those doses are already available. So learning those lessons I think it's important to stress that what we need to do is to argue and work together on equitable access for vaccines by removing barriers that remain to achieve that objective. So in a sense, I think the TRIPS waiver extension discussion is really getting the wrong end of the stick. It's really important to actually look also at what some of the risks are a reduction in the reward to innovation, potentially reduce the quality of produced therapeutics for patients, impact therapy areas outside COVID-19, reduce the EU's strategic resilience, the open strategic autonomy and global competitiveness, reward industrial policy goals of EU competitors without helping patients, and reduce future pandemic preparedness. And that all set together, I think waivers also, the extension are not the right way to go. Well, there's a lot in there. And I know in some of our other podcasts, we'll pick up some of those arguments. But I'd like to focus on the argument about the extension to therapeutics. Why in itself it's so controversial? Is it so very different then from the TRIPS waiver on vaccines? Yeah, I think that's a key question. Some people see the extension to therapeutic and diagnostics as sort of a logical step because all of these are needed to fight the COVID-19 pandemic. Yet the impact is very different and the effect is much more negative. I think, first of all, what is really important to say is an extension would not be a clarification of compulsory licensing, but really dramatically impact patent rights, which underpin the sector's ability to innovate. 
So beyond the patent landscape itself, at this moment, 37 COVID-19 treatments have received regulatory approval globally, which is only 2% of all the treatments that are currently being researched. So 98% is still under research and is not yet on the market having received regulatory approval. The second point is that this extension really increased the scope of the waiver. People may not fully realize, but this also will impact the chemical industry, the packaging industry, the machinery industry, the transport sector, and others that are linked and also have patents that cannot be seen as standing in the way of applying a compulsory license and therefore fall within that scope. The European Patent Office estimated that there are about 4,300 vaccine patents that would be impacted by the vaccine trips waiver. This extended waiver could impact over 135,000 patents, just to give you a bit of an indication on the scope extension we are talking about. Another argument, and this is really the key one, I think, when you talk about the essence of therapeutics. While COVID-19 vaccines serve one purpose, which is the prevention of severe illness or death because of a COVID-19 infection, COVID-19 treatments cannot be so clearly defined. Current or future treatments may have been developed already for other diseases first and are then also used for COVID-19. We call that repurposing. Or a new therapy is developed in parallel for multiple indications, including COVID-19. So maybe also cardiovascular diseases or immunotherapies or other possible diseases that patients can encounter. So either way, what this does is it links medicines and therapies used as COVID-19 treatments to R&D innovation for many other indications. And that means that the risk of a waiver is not limited to reducing innovation for COVID-19 treatments alone, but actually could impact a wide range of R&D efforts ongoing for other diseases. So that also means people who are battling cancer, HIV, cardiovascular or immune system problems. Those are some of the real essences. And that's quite a big claim, that extension. And you say that the TRIPS agreement is important for innovation and it's not an obstacle for access, but the TRIPS waiver is not incentivizing access as such. So how is this currently arranged for those countries in favor of the waiver? Countries like South Africa, India, Pakistan, Indonesia, Egypt, perhaps have lower resources there. Right. So I think there are two elements here. One is the innovation part, where for which you need intellectual property rights. One maybe other illustration here is that that is also really important for SME biotech companies, some who have not yet produced a first marketed product. If that happens to be a COVID-19 product, that means that those years of efforts and investment put into development would be at great risk for these small biotechs in case of a waiver extension. So that's the sort of innovation part. The access part, you address with access-related policies and initiatives. So I think it's important to emphasize that unlike what some think, IP has not been and is not a barrier to access for COVID-19 vaccines and therapeutics. And there is no trade-off between these two. So if you look at the access part, some of the strategies that have been put in place were already put in place in 2020 at the start of the pandemic. So at this moment, there are 138 voluntary licensing agreements 
production agreements that also include in over 90% of the cases technology transfers so that production of therapeutics could be scaled up very quickly. The second element is what is called a tiered pricing strategy. Tiered pricing means that there is an adjustment of the price in different categories, also depending on the ability of countries and healthcare systems to pay for the medicines. And that means, in practice, low and lower middle-income countries pay a not-for-profit price for these therapies. And I think the third part is partnerships with multilateral organizations. Various companies have made agreements, for example, with UNICEF to allocate 3 million or 4 million doses of therapies to low and lower middle income countries. So some of the therapies, for example, over 65% has actually gone to low and lower income countries and not high income countries or upper middle income countries, for example, as a comparison. And so we know that there's a deadline approaching mid-December and there was a TRIPS Council meeting in October. Some of the countries in favour of the extension didn't want the text of the waiver to be open for negotiations. Others who were opposed to the extension thought more evidence was needed about whether IP is indeed a barrier to access. Other countries want more time just to work out about supply chains, distribution. So what do you think, Dr. Baird, and is there even enough agreement on these basics to, to get to some agreement in December? I think it's very important that discussions are fact-based and do not undermine some of the achievements that we have made so far in fighting the pandemic. So if you look at the TRIPS waiver discussion for vaccines, it was much more fact-free and based on a political discussion. And that does not help access to vaccines at all. When you look at therapeutics, there is a lot of data, there is a lot of evidence in terms of the access strategies that I just shortly highlighted, but also the data that's already available on supply figures for COVID-19 treatments, the fact that the entire Africa, the entire South Asia are covered with voluntary licensing agreements that support the access of people in all those countries and continents to these therapies. And also, I think key is the information on what treatments are still in development. We haven't seen them yet. They're not there yet. But some of these may be groundbreaking, life-changing, in addition to what is already on the market and being produced. And I think in general, there is the importance to understand the role of intellectual property and innovation. And again, you need facts, data, and figures. And the industry has tried to provide these to make sure that all these facts are on the table and help policymakers make appropriate decisions that will help us fight the pandemic, because that's in the end that joint objective that we have. So can you summarize then briefly, what is it you would like to see happen now? I think the waiver text of June 22 doesn't include the commitment to extend the waiver. It's a discussion that has to take place within six months from that moment. A little bit, I think, linked to your previous question is that we need to make sure that this is data-driven and fact-based. For therapeutics, there is no need for a waiver. There are no shortages. And there is therefore also not a problem to address. There are several negative implications, especially for therapeutics extension, as I tried to highlight a little bit earlier. So I think apart from the rejection of the TRIPS waiver extension, we believe it's really important that countries, industry, stakeholders, international organizations work together to meaningfully strengthen access to vaccines and therapeutics globally. 
and that can be done through removing trade barriers to improve the global regulatory alignment regarding COVID-19 therapeutics, strengthen the health workforces in countries, how to deal with the pandemic, but also increase public awareness on available and effective COVID-19 treatments, improve logistics processes, and really scale up innovation through voluntary licensing via a strong intellectual property framework. A big ask there. Well, Dr. Kunbed, and thank you so much for those insights. It's been really, really helpful and fascinating to talk those through with you. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. And for our audience, we will have further podcasts hearing from others on this issue of the proposed extension of the TRIPS waiver. So do click the subscribe button to be the first to know when we release our next episode. And please leave a rating and a review from us both. Goodbye for now.